I want to take a few minutes to go over some of the questions that are in the chat box. Just give me a few minutes and we will be done for the day. I do appreciate your patience. The first question says, if you have a balance transfer on a card, will you have more than one APR? Yes. I didn't go over this in the lecture, but there are several different types of potential APRs on your card. There is the penalty APR. That is, of course, if you miss a payment, there is a different interest rate that is going to be assessed on the card for usually a period of six months or so. It's very important to read your cardholder statement to see how long that penalty APR would apply. So there's a penalty APR, then there's the purchase APR. Purchase APR, that is the interest rate, the annual percentage rate that you signed up for when you took out the card. That is typically, of course, a fixed rate. Now, it's a fixed rate. However, if you miss a payment, that penalty APR is a variable rate. So that's going to be based on the market. There is a balance transfer APR. This is also a variable rate, which means it's going to change. You're not locking into it. It's a good idea when you're searching for credit cards to try to find a card that offers the same APR for the balance transfer as it does for the purchase APR. Okay, but the balance transfer APR, again, variable rate. Okay, the cash advance APR, that is that interest is assigned when you want to take out cash from the card. That is a different APR as well. And all of these are on your statement. So when you sign up for a card, all of these disclosures are sent to you. So it is very important, especially if you're shopping around for cards, take a look at what these interest rates are. And there's also the introductory APR. So that would be if you took out, you start, it's similar to a balance transfer. Maybe it's a you're going to have a certain a interest rate for a period of time, and then it will tell you what the new interest rate will be after, say, 12 months. Now, purchase APR will be fixed, except when you miss a payment. So remember that. I, you sign up for a Capital One card. Your interest rate is 7%. If you miss a payment, Look at the disclosure. It may be that now your interest rate is going to be 15.99%. Okay. The penalty APR kicks in and the interest rate is going to be, like I said, based on the prime rate. Okay. All of the other APRs, all of the other interest rates are also based on the market. So you're not going to have a situation where it's going to say, if you miss a payment, your APR is definitely going to be this particular amount. You're going to see a range. The best thing to do, again, make sure you are looking at your card holder statement. When you are shopping around for a card, you are looking for this type of information. Okay. If you have several different APRs on your account, each balance is going to be handled differently. Now you have one card utilization. So in other words, if I have a card 
and I have, I make a purchase. Let's say I have $500 worth of purchases. Then I decide I want to take out cash and I take out $200 in cash. My total card utilization or the balance, let's say the balance first is going to be, of course, the 500 plus the 200, that makes it $700. But the, but though it will be treated as two separate transactions. So when my creditor is calculating how much finance charge is assessed, they're going to look at my overall purchases. Let's say I signed up for that card and it was at, let's use 7% again. So they're going to take the $500. They will uh, use the formula and we're going to look at the 7% APR and they will get an amount for that. Now they're going to come over here and they're going to look at the fact that I took out a cash advance. Cash advances, usually the interest rate is a lot higher. So now they have to calculate that using that a different APR and they use the formula that we just talked about and they get the finance charge for that. And then they put those two together and now you have your new balance. That means, yes, you have more than one type of calculation with your credit card. It's important to look at your statement to see how much interest is being assessed on each transaction. You could have three different types of interest on your credit. Let's say you missed a payment. You also took out a cash advance a while back. And then there's your actual contractual APR, which is the interest rate that you signed up for when you took out the card. Now, when you make a payment, the question would be, well, you don't decide how the money is applied to these transactions, okay? Your creditor does. The rule is that they will take the minimum payment goes towards the purchase APR. That goes to the contractual, when I, the contractual interest. So in other words, what I'm saying is when you make your minimum payment, that's going towards your purchase APR, which that's the account that I have. Let's use my example where I had $500 uh, on this account. The minimum payment goes, the $35 is going to that account first. This is why it's important to make more than the minimum payment if you can. Anything besides or more or in addition to the minimum payment will go towards the higher balances. Now, <laughs> it's very important to understand how absolutely convoluted your credit card management can be when we start having these different types of transactions on the card. I tell my clients the goal is in order to manage debt is to, again, keep, reduce the debt, keep your balance down. And also knowing this makes you think twice about taking out that cash advance. In an emergency, you may not have a choice, but perhaps there is another option for you. Okay. Let's see. Is it true paying your card early in the cycle reduces the amount of the finance charge? 
that's a good question. This depends on how your creditor calculates the finance charge. Previously, I talked about uh, the there are several methods to calculate finance charge, finance charges. The average daily balance method is probably the best because your daily balances are added together and divided by the number of days in the billing cycle. So if you pay early, you would definitely save on the finance charge. The important thing to do is to check your statement to see how that creditor calculates the finance charge. Remember in my example, I did not use the average daily balance. I used the ending balance formula. So that was the number of days in the billing cycle. It will not affect the finance charge, but what happens is that having a higher balance in the examples that I use, it shows how it will increase the finance charge. And here we are again, it's very important to understand how does your credit card company assess the finance charge? If they are using the average daily balance, then the goal would be to definitely uh, pay early in the billing cycle so that you can save on the finance charge. When I talk about qualifying information, uh, sometimes I hear people say, oh, well, if you pay early, you always save on the finance charge. And you can see that that is not true. It depends on how your credit card company calculates the finance charge. Okay. Again, the statement, let's look at the statement. Let's look at those disclosures. Let's take a look at the APRs and what the range is. Okay. This says, why do banks, I'm sorry, why don't banks use the net income in the calculation? Oh, okay. Well, they're not doing anything wrong. They have universal formulas they use to calculate debt and income. What is important is to know your finances and to keep that formula in mind. When you are, tr you are trying to qualify for a loan, a car, whatever the product, step back and do the math. Your monthly debts, all of them <laughs> divided by the actual income after monthly, the actual monthly income after taxes have been taken out. This is your true debt to income ratio. Okay. Monthly debts divided by monthly net income gives you a truer picture of what your debt ratio is. This is why you can be in a situation where maybe you were told you were approved for something. A uh, good example of that, I, I see it happen a lot when it comes to cars. Client gets approved for a car, but they can't really afford the car. Remember, they're using gross income. What happens with that? That's more money than what you're actually making. They also are not looking at all of the debts that you have. It's important for you to know what you can afford. No one should tell you whether or not you can afford something. If you have a budget and if you are using the proper formula, use net income. At the end of the day, I wish I lived off gross, but I do not. So I'm going to use net income net income. When I'm making a decision, I'm looking at my net income. I don't care 
that they use gross income, I need to know if there's real affordability there because sometimes it isn't. If they're not looking at all of the debts, because if you look on the application that they're not asking for all of the debts you have, doesn't it behoove you to look at your budget, include all of your monthly debts <laughs> and divide it by the monthly net income and see where you stand? Because what if their percentage says that you're, you're at 42% debt to income, that's great, you qualify for that car. But when you use your net income and you look at all of your total debts, your debt to income ratio is 95%. This is how we make better financial decisions. So again, they're not doing anything wrong. That's a universal formula. Something that I love to tell clients is to remember the 30% suggestion or rule when it comes to your house payment. This could be rent or mortgage. It should be, that payment should be less than or equal to 30% of your monthly, I'm going to say gross income, okay? Uh, I like to use net though, monthly net income. That's a 30% rule. You should not use more than 30% of the credit limit on your credit card. So 30% is just a measure that it assumes, it assumes that you will safely manage your debt. If you stay within that matrix, it is a guide, but it's, it's good to remember. Okay. And it's also important to remember use net income. If you are doing a budget and you are trying to, maybe you're making a decision, a purchase for your family, use net income. So you can see what's really going on. Then you can properly plan. Maybe then you take a look at your budget and see if there's something that you could cut out something, uh, some type of debt that you could reduce. This is how we make better financial decisions so that we can stay out of debt and also stay out of trouble where we have things that we cannot afford. Now, are there any other questions? Okay. I would like to conclude this session with this reminder. The goal is to reduce debt. Use the strategies that I've just discussed to help you do that. Read your credit card statements. This entire uh, lecture was about credit cards. Let's take a look at the cardholder statement. Let's make sure that we understand uh, the interest rates that will be applied to the card. This will help you. Trust me, it will help you make the right decision for you, for your family, when you're looking to make a purchase. Thank you again for your time today. And if you have any other questions, guys, send me an email, theperfectficoscore at mail.com, and I will answer. Have a great day.